Welcome to Lift City Church Podcast, where we lift people into their next level relationship with Christ. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we're believing God that this message lifts you to another level. We've been in this lesson series and closing out this year, talking about living an intentional life. Everybody say it with me, say, as a child of God, it is my responsibility to lead my life with intention. You know, there are people who are just living life. Remember, we started off this whole series, Kesara. Who was that chick named Kesara? And Brenda, what was that name? Da- who? Doris Day. Day. Talking about Kesara, Sarah. What would be, would be not Doris. Ain't no Kesara, Sarah. It might like whatever. No, it's never whatever. Not as a child of God because I've been promised a certain type of life as a child of God. Somebody say Amen. And so we started off looking at this intentional life and how do I get to an intentional life? Somebody needs to understand why God wants you to live an intentional life and what that intentional life looks like. So how many of y'all want to know what an intentional life looks like? Some of, some of, y'all, some of, some of y'all probably already know because I've been saying this scripture every single week because I wanted to get down in your heart and down in your spirit so you don't forget what your life is supposed to look like, the life that God has commanded and agree that if you come in agreement with it that you will live so over there in Romans chapter 14 I'm reading the Passion Bible and so in uh, chapter 14 verse 17 it says for the kingdom of God how many of y'all are citizens of the kingdom okay so that tells us he's talking to us right he says for the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink that was old praise the Lord are y'all so glad y'all not part of the Old Testament then why are some of y'all trying to keep all these rules to, to, to make yourself qualify with God? Mm-hmm. That's another lesson for another day. He said, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is the, in the realm of Holy Spirit. So the kingdom of God is about living, right, in the realm of Holy Spirit. And then he says, this is what it looks like. It's filled with righteousness. So if you want to know what the kingdom of God looks like for you as a citizen of the kingdom of God where you live the God kind of intentional life the Bible says your life should be a life of righteousness everybody say righteousness see because this is what the kingdom of God looks like it's a life filled with righteousness not ratchetness (laughs) it's a life filled with righteousness peace anybody got peace they talking about you got milk but I ain't got no milk I got peace right Peace is much better than milk. So he said, righteousness, peace, and joy. Listen, when I look around at the world we live in today, I'm glad I carry my own eternal joy on the inside of me. Because happiness is situational. But joy comes from God. Meaning no matter what situation you are in, I still got joy. Anybody got joy today? So the kingdom of God, what does it look like, PT? It looks like righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, I got good news for you. If your life does not look like that right now, just keep holding on. The late, great Dr. Carl DePilson, he used to say this, y'all yet holding on? 
then keep on keeping on, right? So just keep holding on because if you stick around long enough and apply the word of God to your life, your life will look like what God intended for it to be. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now he goes on to, in verse 18. Here's the reason why. How many of y'all like to understand why something is, right? And for many years, a lot of us went to church. We didn't understand the why. We just did it because they told us. But I understand that after I understood the why, I did it because I understood the why, and I got much better results. Somebody say amen. And so he says, serving the anointed one, so righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, serving the anointed one by walking in these kingdom realities. It's not a figment of your imagination. It is a reality that no matter what is going on in your life, as a child of God, I've been diagnosed with an incurable disease. I don't have enough money. My kids are acting crazy. Whatever's going on in your life, they're cutting up at my job. The Bible says the reality is you live a righteousness, peace, a life of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And he says this pleases God. So God is pleased when our life looks like righteousness, peace, and joy. It makes God happy when that's what your life looks like. It says, and then it not only makes God happy, but it earns the respect of others. Now, why does it earn the respect of others? Because nobody's going to follow foolishness. Nobody following foolishness. You could be a fool yourself, and you're not going to follow foolishness. Because you could be in your own foolish ways and watch somebody because you can't see your own foolish ways, but you can see it's much easier to see other people's foolishness. Yeah, because we're famous for saying people be peopling and we people too. So we be peopling. Right? So it's much easier to see other people's foolishness and we can recognize that with, the, with at the same time denying the foolishness within ourselves. But we will look at other people's foolishness and say, no, nah, I ain't doing that. And then somebody looking at you and saying, well, if you ain't doing that, then why are you doing this? Right? And so we're not going to follow foolishness. And so he says, when you live like this, it pleases God. So if you want the God kind of life, anybody want the God, raise your hand if you really, come on. Because if you don't raise your hand, I could pray you never. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But if you want the God kind of life, your life has to be a life of intention. It cannot be quesarasara, what will be, will be. Your attitude cannot be, well, whatever happens, happens. No, because that is not how God told us to live. We talk about this all the time. He said, call those things that be not as though they were, right? And so today, uh, we're going to talk about the power of intentional servanthood. We talked about the power of having an intentional mouth. How many of y'all been watching your mouth? Oh, oh, I just heard by the Spirit of the Lord, some of y'all just open the faucet and y'all letting it rip. <laughs> Look at somebody and encourage them and say, now, now watch your mouth. Say it nice, say it nice, say it nice. Say, say, don't, say, watch, watch that mouth, watch that mouth. That, that mouth will get you in trouble. Watch that mouth. And, and if you have been watching your mouth and you let it rip recently, say, Father, just, you know, just go on. Just, just mumble it real quiet to yourself. Now, Father, I'm going to need your help. Because sometimes our mouth is out of control. Out of control. It is out of control. But when you master your mouth, you have mastered your life. 
You know, we think it feels good when we rip somebody apart with our mouth, but it actually, if you ever tried it, it actually feels better when you let them act the fool by themselves. Boy, you, when you finally get enough of Holy Spirit in you where you just let, and you don't respond, you be like, oh, snap. That's how you start walking. I'm start walking a little different. Back in the day, that's how my uncle used to walk. What, why old people used to do that? If you all was 60, where you at? I want to know why y'all used to do that. <laughs> Leaning all back in the car, seat all the way, you can't even see. My God, we've been delivered. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it's when you get that kind of power over your mouth, that's when you really realize I'm winning in life because you don't give people your power. Some of y'all give your children your power. Y'all giving two-year-olds your power. Didn't I tell you? And they look. The two-year-old looking at you like, dang, sis. <laughs> so you know this is a different breed. <laughs> These kids, oh, they different. They different, different, right? And so they looking, they looking at you like, what is wrong with you? Look at somebody say, don't give nobody your power. Don't, don't give nobody your power. Don't give your husband your power. Pastor Derek this morning, he tried. <laughs> He tried to make me give him his power, so I'm like, I'm like, babe, I need you to uh, tighten up my thing. He said, now you're going to have to start getting your own self dressed in the morning. <laughs> With old snap, what you said? <laughs> and I almost went there. I said, no, 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 because cause you hear my husband. No, he said, he said, I'm going to stop coming in this room because every time he comes, he, came, he goes in, the, in this office and studies his word, whatever. And then he came in the bedroom to get something. I said, well, tie this for me, whatever. He said, like, every time I come in here on the Sunday morning, you asking me to tie something, stuff. He said, I'm going to stop coming in here. And I said, I'm going to just go in there. <laughs> Don't give people your power, right? So let's talk about the power of this intentional servanthood. Now, do you understand? I want you to understand that serving God is one of the most important aspects or principles of Christian faith. And somebody say, she's coming in hot. She's coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. I'm, I'm giving you a warning right now. I'm coming in hot. I said serving God is one of the most important principles are aspects of Christianity and Christian discipline. I said, I'm coming in high. Now, let me ask you, how are you coming in and out of church, in and out of church, in and out of church, and you don't serve? Keep looking straight. I won't know I'm talking to you. Just keep a smile on your face. Because as a good pastor, I'm going to challenge you. Because servanthood, just like Minister Ina talked about tithing, tithing, servanthood, living righteously, those are basic aspects of Christianity. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because some of y'all are not serving in church because you don't want to get close to people because people hurt you. But God didn't hurt you. So you're going to dismiss, defy, and disobey God because of what somebody else did? 
That, that's not what we do. Look at somebody and say, that's not what we do. So you should be serving because that is a basic principle of Christianity. And in the body of Christ, these subjects are taboo because we deal with this subject matter called church hurt, and a lot of times people have been abused. That's the truth by church leaders, but not here. Sometimes people have been hurt in church. But even if you've been hurt in church, it does not give you the right to defy the order of God. The further you stay outside of the order of God, the harder it is going to be for you to be able to live the God kind of life. So what I've learned to do is look past people. Y'all be talking about church hurts, church hurts, church hurts. What y'all going to do if all the pastors got out of here and told my pastor hurt, y'all didn't hurt us, we quit. Because what we have trained ourselves to do is look past what people do. Because people didn't save me. People didn't deliver me. People didn't heal me. People didn't set me free. People didn't take care of my child when she had cancer. People didn't feel, but don't put food on my table. God does that for me. Therefore, I look past people and I serve God. Some of y'all just got free because I see how you're looking at me with the side eye. Yeah, you don't, you don't allow people to keep you from fulfilling what God told you to do. Amen? Clap, yeah, clap your hands. Clap your hands. So as believers, we are expected to help the church. Why? Because it's the order of God. How do we help the church? With a joyful spirit. Because why? Because as a God kind of life liver, I got joy. So my serving, I serve with joy. Say, I must serve with joy. We got to love one another. Oh, Lord, everybody say, Father, help me with my agape and honor. Yeah, agape is that unconditional type of love. That's the kind of love that we're supposed to operate in. So when we're serving God and serving in church, we're serving with joy. We serve with love. We care for one another on our teams. We pray for one another. We encourage one another. We help one another. We counsel one another. We support one another. That's what you do as a child of God. I do that despite what you do. Because my debt is not to you. My debt that I owe in my service is to God. So it doesn't matter what you do or don't do. I'm going to still do what I do. Y'all don't know where to clap your hands. I say it doesn't matter what you do or don't do. I'm going to do what I know to do is right. And that's another way we give people our power. Because you allow people to stop you from doing what God told you to do. So the Bible, in Scripture, he repeatedly tells us about our relationship with God. He repeatedly talks to us about how we serve God through our relationship with others and how we're supposed to serve in our church. The Bible teaches us that serving God and others is not about doing great things, but it's about doing the very small things with great love. Yeah, because you, you can only fake it for a while. When it's not in you, it's going to eventually come out. Y'all know how much work it takes to be fake? You will wear yourself out. You know how much it work it takes to be mad? Some of y'all tired because you're mad all the time. Would you say be for real though? For real though. You tired because you mad all the time. Notice the difference. It does not take any energy to be happy. 
That's the way God engineered you to operate. But if you mad, you got to work to be mad. Y'all ain't tired of being mad. You got to work for that. And it's so easy just to say, hey, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. As a matter of fact, I don't hold vengeance on, because we got that twisted in the, skirt, in the church. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Like you want God to get somebody. That is not the agape love of God. God get them. Imagine God sitting up on a throne, Kira. He said, what, what y'all say? God, get him. That is not the heart of a believer who understands what God has done for us because what if God said, let me get you? So here's some things we need to understand about intentional servanthood. The number one thing is we are all called to serve. Everybody say it with me. Say, I am called to serve. How did I know this? Because we see it in scripture. Jesus kept saying when he came, he said, I do what? I came to serve the will, the will of my father. So Jesus served God. Then he got him some disciples and the disciples served him. And then, then Joshua served Moses. And then Elisha served Elijah. And then Timothy served Paul. So we see this as precedent in the scripture. The Bible teaches this precedence of we must serve one another in the local church. Amen. So when the ushers are out in the parking lot, they're not serving the church. They're serving you. They're helping you get your kids out of the car. Uh, uh, they helping you with an umbrella when it's raining because they know how we ladies are about our hair, synthetic or not. Just don't get my hair wet. <laughs> Don't, don't matter. Just don't get my hair wet, right? Don't, don't, don't do, we don't do that. When the greeters come in and they give you a tissue, they're, they're serving you. That's what we do. We serve one another, and we must be intentional about it. So we've all been called to serve. The Bible says, number two, our gifts and talents are given to us by God. By who? Now watch this. God gives us whatever gifts and talents you have. God gave them to you primarily for you to use in service to the kingdom of God. And some of y'all the Lord didn't use and got blessed, but now y'all too good for the church house. Because now I got my business. But you started your business in the church because God gave you, our pastor gave you the ability to have a business and you started doing it in the church. And because you got affiliation and relationship in the church, now all the church people are coming to you for whatever that said product or business or service is, but now you can't serve no more. You won't serve, but still expect the people in the church to call you as opposed to somebody else. If you don't know me by, if you don't know me by now, you will never, ever, ever know. Because I'm going to tell it like it is. That's what y'all talking about at y'all table. And we got to talk about the real in this church. We got to talk about the way that it really, really is because people get disappointed because their expectations are off. Whatever gifts and talents God gave us, Nyla, it was because God gave them to you to use to serve his people. And 
outside of serving his people, then when you are like that, God begins to bless your business, your gifts and talents. He gives you opportunity to expand. But you cannot forget, that's what he told the people, in, in the Israelites in Deuteronomy. He said, when you're living in your goodly houses, when you're blessed, when I made you the head and not the tail, above only and never forget. When your family is sitting around at the gate and calling you blessed, he said, do not forget from whence I have brought you and we have a habit of forgetting. I'm, 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 I, I'm I want to bite the back of a chair or something. I, <laughs> Because this right here, this is my wheelhouse. This is my wheelhouse because I'm a master servant. I am a master at it. That's why people ask me all the time, like for the festival, people wanted to know, how y'all get them 150 people just to show up at the festival ground? Because as the leader goes, so the people go. Unless the leader learns to serve the way that I serve, the people will never serve. I don't just serve this church, I serve my man. That's why I ain't got to worry about y'all serving him. You can't outserve me. You think I ain't stunting y'all? Cause he know he don't get no better than this. And I said what I said. I serve everywhere I go. Because it's in me. I've mastered serving. It's in my DNA. I'm never tired of being pastor. I'm never tired of serving. I'm never tired because it's who God created me to be. And some of y'all got to get past the doing and start the being. Because you're doing stuff because it's an obligatory. What's not a word? Obligatory. Thank you. Obligation. Don't, don't worry about the word I made because somebody made all them other words and y'all just follow. So if I want obligatory to be a word, I just made it a word. Who is Webster anyway? It's my word. If he can make words, I can make words. All right, so, so we got to get out of this mindset of just trying to do stuff. You got to be who God's created you to be. And when you do that, then it stops being service to you and it starts being joy to you. Y'all you, wouldn't have to pay me a dime. It wouldn't be to your benefit. Now watch this. Because some of y'all ain't got no problem with Jay-Z and Beyonce having jets and nice cars and stuff. And that stuff is temporary and it's going to die with them. But you got a problem with a pastor having a nice car, even to the point where pastors are afraid to buy themselves nice things because y'all going to say the church paying for that. Let me tell y'all something. The church don't need to do, this man take care of me. Now, it is to your advantage if you know the Bible because the Bible says you sow into a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. But it's a shame that pastors feel like they cannot live in nice places and have nice, nice things. Because not the world, because the people in the church got a problem. What kind of God do y'all think y'all serve? A God that does not have enough? He got enough for the pulpit and the pew. So your gifts and talents were given to us, or all of us, to use in the kingdom of God through our local church. 
and through extending our community. How do we know that? First Peter chapter 4, verse 10 through 11. I'm reading the Amplified Version. Look at what it says. It says, just as each one of you has received a special gift. Somebody say, I'm special. Yeah, because God has his hand on me. I say this all the time. There is only one you. When God created you, he broke the mold. Ain't nobody else like you. So what he's engineered you to do, can nobody do it like you because he made you to do it. He broke the mold when he made you. That's why you should never compare yourself. It's a, it, we can, I can locate where you are when you compare yourself to other people. You really just don't know who you are because there's only one you there and you were made special. There is no comparison. What are we comparing? You can't compare to something where there's only one that exists and the mold was broken. What are we comparing? There's nothing to compare to, and we got to get an understanding of that. So God has given us all a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God. God has given every last one of us something, Elder Chris, that we're supposed to be using in service to his kingdom. And then he says, employ it. In other words, use it and give it an assignment. He says, employ it in serving who? One another. So what God is teaching us is when we serve in church, we are actually serving his people. So he says, employ it in serving one another as is appropriate for good stewards of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favor. Say, I must use the gift that God has given me in his kingdom. Watch this verse 11. He says, whoever speaks to the congregation is to do so as one who speaks the oracles, utterances, the very words of God. Whoever serves, so whoever speaks to the congregation, he said, watch, when you stand in this pulpit, you speak to the congregation, he said, you're supposed to do what? Speak the oracles and utterances, the very words of God, not your political affiliation. You do not use the pulpit to tear down people to correct people. You, you use the pulpit, the Bible says, to declare the oracles of God. You don't use the pulpit, Bailey, to coerce people, condemn people, make people feel bad about what they do and didn't do. That's not, you teach the word of God because Holy Spirit does the compelling. I don't ever have to teach you uh, to, to pull you down to pick you up. Where y'all got that from? God will break you all the way down so he can lift you back up. Lies! Where y'all got that from? I don't find that in the scripture. God don't need to break me down to build me up because he takes me from wherever I, wherever I am and he does the building from there. We got to stop with this foolishness that religion has taught us because it sounds good, but it's not Bible. That's why you need to be in a good teaching ministry. He says, whoever serves the congregation is to do one as who serves the strength which God abundantly supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified. So when we serve our congregation with the gifts and talents that God has given us, he says, all things may be glorified. Why? So that God can be glorified, honored, and magnified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. When you use your gifts and talents, in the kingdom of God, to serve God's people, the Bible says that God is glorified. Why? Because people can come in this church, like the Connections team, 
and they have people that are waiting there. Where are the visitors? Raise your hand. Did y'all see the connection? Did they greet y'all when y'all came? Make you feel love? Make you feel, that's intentional. Because I don't like going nowhere. You ever go shopping and someplace where you're going to spend your money and when you walk in the store, don't nobody acknowledge you? Unless I really, really need it, I'm walking out. And then I'd be mad at myself and, and I start talking myself out. You don't need that like that. Because you, if you cannot even acknowledge my presence, that I will even patronize you, then that's telling me a whole lot about you. It's telling me a whole... So if people get up out of their bed on a Sunday morning to make their way here, don't know me, don't know Pastor Derek, don't know us from Adam, because somebody invited you or you saw this somewhere in the internet world and you got the audacity and the nerve to come in here, then what does it take for me to greet you at the door? You got to be intentional about your service. Intentional about it. It matters. When you are a servant of God, you don't just haphazardly serve. You got a plan. I'm a master servant because I plan my service. Do y'all think I just woke up this morning and just decided I was going to teach y'all? No, I, been, I, I, I did this lesson two months ago, and I've been studying it ever since and getting better and better because it's getting gooder and gooder. Amen? Yeah. Because when you are a master servant, you won't serve God's people anything. You serve them the best. People say, like, like this little thing right here, this little branch, I'm not tall enough, but that branch leaning to the side, and it then got on my nerves so bad. I'm so glad I can't see it no more. It's behind my head. Because when I was sitting right there, I was like, this, this is bothering me. Didn't nobody see this little thing leaning to the left, to the left? <laughs> nobody saw this. Because I see everything. Because a master servant is intentional. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Go on, fix it. See, I love it. I master, you are intentional about stuff. I'll pass in the hallway sometime, and I'll leave something on the floor just to see how many people are going to pass it by before they pick it up. Because I won't serve God's people anything. People say, why well, I got to be that way? Because, oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. So how do I serve an excellent God but present average stewardship? I'm excellent in every area of my life. Every area. My daughter, I, I just, we remodeled this house and, and my daughter's upstairs wasn't, you know, it was clean because she clean, but it wasn't up to my standards. And Pastor Derek said, he said, you can't take it no more. I said, no, I can't. I said, sit down on this couch. Let's buy what you like. Pick the couch, pick the table, pick the whatever. He came up there yesterday. He said, you really be moving, don't you? I said, yeah, because now it's up to par. I can't have, like, I can't have average in my midst. I can't. I've been serving God too long. I understand what this looks like. I understand that people will, people will look to see what God you represent. Because you are the only Bible that people will read. And you got to be the living, walking, talking Bible in the front of people because they're not going to church like they used to go to church. They're not doing that. People are questioning God. There are a lot of things, and, but what people will never question is the fruit that they see from your life. They're going to be like, oh, I remember that. So you got you to serve God with excellence. Say, I must serve God with excellence. Number three, watch this. Servanthood is how God defines greatness. 
Everybody want to be famous. Let me tell you something. God ain't never called you to fame. Now, greatness oftentimes will lead you to fame. But don't get it twisted. God didn't call any of us to fame because fame is fleeting. But he called us to be great. Matthew 20, 26 through 28, I'm reading the Message Bible. He says, whoever wants to be great, how many of you want to be great? I, I want to be great. I want to be a great wife. I want to be a great mother. I want to be a great pastor. And you see, Holy Spirit, correct? Holy Spirit said you are. I'm saying I want to be, and in the back of my mind, I hear Holy Spirit say, in the, back, in the bottom of my heart, I hear Holy Spirit say, but you are. Great. What you say, babe? Say it loud, babe. See, that's why I don't need nobody to cheer for me. That's the main cheerleader right there. You got to be great at whatever God wants you to be. So he says, whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Oh, snap, crackle, and pop. I want to be, be a great lawyer. I want to be a great wife. I want to be a great mom. I want to be a great um, graphic designer. I want to be a great creative. Like, y'all get ready with me in the morning. <laughs> get ready with me. I want to be great. And God say, you want to be great? How you get there is serve. In the kingdom. The pathway to greatness is serving. And what I know is how you serve will put your name in rooms that you have not even entered. It'll give you a platform with people that you've never been in the presence of. When you serve God in the way that he needs us to serve, desires us to serve. When you serve people, God will elevate you because what matters to God is people. What matters to God is people. And a lot of times we're looking at people from the outside, how they get, how they do, what they got and they do because they are servants. The greatest gift that you could ever give yourself and your family is to serve God. I talk to you all about this all the time. People often asking me about my kids and how they serve and all, because this is what they saw their parents do, serve. Serving is in our, in our family's DNA. My son is away again because it's his season. It's his time. He's a master servant. Master servant. When his friends call, he shows up. And now his name is being put in rooms that he has never not, have not even entered. People are asking him to do, I can't even tell y'all stuff at the level that he's been asked to do stuff. Because it ain't my testimony, it's his. So he'll tell y'all whenever he's ready to tell y'all. I can't tell you this stuff, but I'm telling you service will give you, and with a pure heart, it will give you a pathway to prosperity in every area of your life. You got to stop sitting on your gift. He says, whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That means you have to have the mentality of being willing to sit up under somebody and hear something and submit your life to something. Some of y'all, your biggest challenge is not that you don't have. Your biggest challenge is that you are rebellious and defiant. 
and your problems are because you keep doing what you want to do as opposed to what God's telling you to do or the people who have your back in your life are instructing you to do. And sometimes when you don't know better, you just need to do what somebody said. Before my head was on straight and God sent me a good pastor, all I did, I just did what the man told me. I asked no questions. When they first told me about tithing, I didn't understand. Like, I need all my money. That was my, my attitude. I need all my money. I didn't understand it. But they showed me a scripture in the Bible. I still didn't understand it. I said, you know what? I'm a tithe. And guess what? I understood it as I went. But I tell you today, 30 years later, I'm so glad I'm a tither. Because all my needs are met. Over and above in abundance. Amen? And then he says, this is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve. Uh-oh. Who are we supposed to be like? Jesus. So we're not here for people to serve us. Ooh, y'all Christians. Get the mentality. Like your expectation is for somebody to serve you. Well, I can't believe, like, like you could be having, they could be having a function and have sandwiches. What you mean we got a sandwich? Be glad you got a sandwich. Nobody obligated to feed you because you come to church. That's an extension of somebody's love for you, their service for you. Well, I don't even eat that. Why? And, and what? Go get you some chips. I mean, y'all understand the mindset? It's like, as Christians, we even treat God like that. Like, we treat, we treat God like we're doing him a favor because we showed up at church. We got to get rid of this pride and this mindset. You are not doing God a favor because you showed up. You are demonstrating your love, your reciprocal passion for what he's done for you. God, because the way you showed up for me, I'm always going to show up for you. Got to get rid of this stinking thinking and this mentality. He said he came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. Number four, servanthood is not a one-man show. Some of y'all can't handle it. If it ain't about you, well, I'm not going to serve. That's why leaders, a lot of times, don't raise up other leaders. Whenever I have a leader that refuses to raise up another leader, I will redirect your service. Because what I know is that means that you are too insecure to pour yourself into somebody else. And you think, because you don't know who you are, that somebody else is going to take your spot. Great leaders raise up other leaders to take your spot. Because I could leave this church today and it will keep going. Why? Because I've great raised up a multitude of great leaders. Because even when my daughter had cancer and we were out all the time, the church ain't never stopped. The church grew. It grew. You cannot be in a leadership role and position and serve God and be intimidated by what the next person does. There are plenty of people in this church who are smarter than me. But guess what? I'm smart because I can see their smartness and I bring their smartness close to my smartness and together we all win. You can't be intimidated by stuff like that. Number 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. I got 10 more minutes, y'all all right? He says, we then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. It's not a one-man show where you were created to be in a team. Number five, our service provides support, stability, and strength to undergird and advance the vision. How many of y'all interested in advancing the vision of your church? 
which in essence is advancing the kingdom of God. So this is why I say, y'all hear me say this all the time, everything I need is in the house. The Apostle Paul, I don't know if he believed that all the time, because Apostle Paul, when he wrote this uh, letter in Philippians, in Philippians, he didn't say that. This is what he said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 through 21, Amplified Version. He said, but I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. Timothy was Paul's understudy, his apprentice. Timothy served Paul. Paul raised him up. So he says, so that I may also be encouraged by learning news about you. For I have no one else like him. The great apostle Paul, this was his testimony. He said, I don't have anybody else like Timothy. For I have no one else like him who is so kindred a spirit, who will be genuinely concerned for your spiritual warfare. He said, I don't have nobody else but him. For the others who deserted me after my arrest, what kind of servant are you? When trouble on the rise, what do you do? Do you tuck tail and run? Because this is what happened. He said, for, uh, for the others who deserted me after my arrest all seek to advance their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. And this will lead you to understanding the traits of an intentional service. And this is where I'm going to close. Intentional service, servants are devoted. Devotion is a primary characteristic of someone who truly wants to serve God. What are you devoted to, Pastor Tracy? Devoted to his word? devoted to your church, devoted to your own calling, your gifts and assignments that God has given you, and devoted to your pastor. Y'all, don't y'all fall for the okey-doke. I don't care what pastor has failed. I don't care what failures you see of people in leadership in the church. The Bible says that you're supposed to be devoted to one pastor and one leader and honor them. Because God raises up a man or woman in every generation to lead his people. Don't you let what's going on in this culture get you off of what God said. Devoted servants are loyal. They have a great attitude. Even when things are not going the way that you want them to go. You got, y'all think everything always going right around here? Do you all know I have strategically people placed in this church that even if something is going on behind the scenes that is ruffling my feathers or I'm not happy about, I have people placed in this church that will signal me and say, smile. But before I hit that door, there are people on the other side of that door because my mind will keep going and going and going, and they say, PT, face, smile. Stuff could be going on, but everybody ain't got to know stuff going on. My attitude don't have to change because stuff is going on. When you are an intentional servant, you know how to handle stuff, why it's going on, and keep a smile on your face. Because you could be correcting somebody in the moment. Why is this like this? Okay, and did you do this? Okay, and, I, and where's this person? Okay, okay, and everybody around, and they think you're having a pleasant conversation, but you're really talking through your teeth. Because everybody don't have to know. You got to keep your attitude right. And intentional servants keeps their heart pure. They don't allow other people and other people's offense to corrupt their heart. Some of y'all traveling in secondhand offense. Nothing was done to you and you weren't offended, but you listened to somebody else's story. And you offended by somebody else's story. Where they do that at? Y'all in secondhand offense. Guess what an intentional servant does? They play well with others. I just, I don't, I don't know about people. 
how many people you thinking saying they don't know about you? Because when you have the heart of God, that's not the focus. It doesn't matter what people do. I am here to serve God. Tell yourself that. Say, it does not matter what people do or don't do. I'm here to serve God. Some of y'all mouth not moving, and I'm looking at you. Open your mouth. Say, it does not matter what other people do or don't do. I will serve God with joy integrity and gladness even with the ugly acting people amen because you don't have to be ugly too intentional servants are excited and enthusiastic they are flexible they are goal oriented they duplicate themselves they are discreet child you know they was all late this morning now why do you have to go in the back while the praise team is in the back and you work on production, but you frustrated and fluttered and mad, and the praise team, they, they get themselves mentally prepared to be the Levites, to usher in the presence of God. And they sitting there and they trying to get themselves together and they meditate, and here you come. They was all late this morning. They, you, just, you just didn't blow on the hole. You killed the vibe. Just killed it. Keep that stuff to yourself. Don't complain. Do not be a complainer. There are consequences for complainers. Listen, listen to this. Servants don't abandon the mission when it gets tough. See, that's, that's what they did with Paul. Except for Timothy. They abandoned him when it got hard. It happened to Paul and it happened to Jesus. Don't let it happen to you. Don't be the person who abandons the mission because the assignment got hard. That's, that's, what, that's what them disciples, it wasn't just Jesus, it wasn't just Judas that abandoned Jesus. Some of them other ones, what, what did, what, Pastor Terry, what did Jesus tell that boy Peter? Before this cop, and Peter, just like we are sometimes, Jesus, that's not true. Jesus, that would never happen. Just, just me, Pete, just Pete, you my, we boys. How you gonna say that? All of a sudden, because he abandoned him when it got hard. These are the lessons we got to learn. Don't abandon your leader and your assignment when stuff gets hard. We must remember that serving others may not always be easy, but God has graced you to do it. And this is what I want you to do. Isn't there some song talk about tap, tap, tap? It, wasn't that a song? Tap, 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 tap something. So tap in. Tap. I want you to tap, tap, tap into the grace. Some of y'all trying to serve out of duty. You're trying to serve out of obligation. But the best place for you to serve from is the grace that's on your life. Tap into the grace to serve God. Some of y'all might be saying, so where do I begin? I'm going to tell you the same thing the Bible says. You start with where you are and with what you have. Start. Just start. Start with where you are and what you have. What do you mean by that, Pastor Tracy? Moses had the same mentality. God, what am I supposed to do? And God, what did he tell Moses? He said, Moses, what you got in your hand? 
All he had was a rod. But God used that rod to demonstrate his power to Pharaoh. Start with whatever you have in your hand. Uh, uh, David had to go face Goliath, big old giant. Everybody looking for the armor. Armor was too big for David. He was too little. David had to recognize, he said, what do I have in my hand? He took down the giant with a slingshot and a rock. Smooth snow. Went straight through that, 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 that skull. Use what you have in your hand. The widow woman, all she had was a pot of oil. You looking for the big stuff, but you got to go back and use what you have in your hand. What do you have in your hand? What is it that you can do? Stop minimizing your talent. Stop minimizing your ability. What do you have in your hand? The little boy, all he had was some fish and some loaves, but he fed thousands because he put it in the master's hand and God multiplied it. What do you have in your hand right now? Everybody waiting on the big stuff. Use what you have in your hand. You want to know where you can start? You start with what you have right now, no matter what that is. I know how to make copies on a copy machine. I'm going to come every Tuesday to the church, and I'm going to make whatever copies they need. Use what you have. It doesn't matter what that gift is. Stop comparing your gift to everybody else. Use what you have. Serve God and his people with pureness, with intentionality, with agape love, and use what you have. There should not be a person in the kingdom of God and in this church who are sitting on what God has given them. You are causing somebody to miss out on, their, on the supply that God has given you for their life. Use what you have in your hand. Look at the person sitting next to you.